cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 4th, 2009. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, scroll down the page, and bookmark all the other sites. And if the main servers go down one day or another, which they often do, you can get the latest shows from one of the other alternate sites. As I say, there's cuttingthrough.jenkins.com. It's a very dependable site. There's also CuttingThroughTheMatrix.net, U.S., C.A. There's also Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca, and Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. The EU site, the European site, has all the audios, plus it has the, the benefit of having some of the transcripts of these talks I've given uh, for download, written in the various languages of Europe. And I'm always asking for more people to try their hands at uh, translation, uh, they can have the, the English version to translate form from, if they wish. And I'm not too heavy on how they word things, as long as they get the gist of the talk included. That's the main thing. It's very difficult to go from one language to another with utter precision. Now, remember, too, that uh, I do depend upon your donations to keep this going. Now, this is not a, a job. It's not a career. It's not an empire-building cause. And uh, there's not a non-governmental organization or a trust or any of the usual stuff that you see out there. I don't flog things to the people, flog we sell things to the people, except for the books I have on cuttingthroughmatrix.com website and a few discs. So it's up to you to keep me going, you the listeners. And you can do it if you look into cuttingthroughmatrix.com by different means. Personal check is good within Canada and the U.S. There's also international money postal order from the U.S. and uh, and also there's PayPal buttons on the different sites I have up there where you can donate or buy the books. Even though it says donations only, you can always buy the books through it as well, if you so wish. And eventually, lastly, I should say lastly, uh, there's a lot of people get this burned because they don't use computers and they play them on their CDs there's a lot of generous people out there with computers who burn hundreds and thousands sometimes of, of discs and just pass them around at big events. So if you get uh, the discs passed to you and you want to get in touch with me, you can write to Alan Watt, W-A-T-T, Site 41, Box 4, Estair, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. And that's about, that's about it for the lead-in, as always. I should scatter this throughout the show to remind people, because you skip over the first five minutes. This last while I've been going about how government is uh, changing everything. In fact, 
in September 11th, I said that night, in fact, the world really will never be the same again. We heard that statement by, it was either Rumsfeld or Cheney, right after the 9-11 must-be fiasco, to kick in a whole new world order idea, an order where a new century was to, to emerge, a new special century where things would never be the same. That was already been taught in academia for 50 years or more, even 100 years. And they said that uh, the 21st century uh, would be uh, an age of ultimate reason, where science and experts would rule the peasantry, basically, the unenlightened masses. And I'll, I'll go into that when we come back from this break. past 
use religion to bring in a new age. And that's why the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry's magazine was called the New Age back in the 1950s, and they said that they uh, would bring in to the public uh, the New Age, a new religion. This has been repeated by Gorbachev and others, who on the one hand admit they're atheists, but then say we're bringing in a religion for the public, for the world, the world's public, which will be based on a form of earth worship. Well, all your environmentalism, you see, the, the, the land army, as it was called uh, a long time ago, uh, this big green army is part of this earth-type religion, comprising of scientists at the top, the white-coated boys in the new priesthood, and all their gullible followers at the bottom that live in cities and watch television and think that forests are something you stroll through, like the parks in their cities. You don't need to realize you need a machete to get through something up here and elsewhere. But everything pretty well has been accomplished. The, the, the nail on so many of the old, what they called the, the, the vestiges of old societies behind them, and now we're into the planned society. All they have to do now is convince the public to allow themselves to be, to be uh, guided and ruled by the experts in all the different departments of government. Uh, that's the new daddy, you see, and mummy as well. Bertrand Russell, Lord Bertrand Russell, was given royal assent to start up some of the first educational schools to go beyond what anybody had tried before through because of uh, legal reasons. And he did um, experiment with children uh, in mixed schools, uh, male and female, at a very young age. Many of them were actually came coming in from orphanages. That way no one would, would really ask what was going on. And uh, he did try to encourage pre-pubertal sexual contact between them uh, before puberty so that they would follow them then on for a few years to see if they could actually bond for any length of time with another member of the opposite sex. And they found on uh, very early on that uh, it was hard for them to bond with a single person from then on. That's why the United Nations, big front for the New World Order, uh, it's got a whole umbrella of fronts, of course, thousands of them, but it's the big, big front for it uh, because they, they keep track of everything and coordinate everything with all the other different groups that are involved and paid to be involved. The United Nations is pushing all this strange stuff like teaching uh, children at kindergarten to masturbate in front of everybody else. And that's no kidding. That's no kidding. I read that the other night there. But that's what they meant by that. And to, not just telling them to masturbate, but it's to be like group masturbation. You see, for the new society. We're so enlightened now that all perversions uh, have got a, a jump up on the old-fashioned ways of having morality and stuff like that and common sense. Because you must destroy all the old, ordo ab keo, to bring in the new, all of the old, see? And all of the old morality are simply, let's say, vestiges and taboos of previous civilizations. And we've, we've all to allow ourselves to be experimented with, because that's our purpose now, is to be... Uh, the old idea of creating the Superman began in Britain, uh, Hitler just copied so much of what was uh, written in Britain, including Lord Halford's stuff on, on uh, geopolitics and so on. 
and the problems with races that all came from Britain is all designed in London by a very wealthy elite. And you must never think this wealthy elite are, are, are somehow stupid as they portray them in a lot of movies. It's sort of bungling uh, aristocrats. They're anything but stupid, and what they don't understand, they'll hire the experts to understand for them. Cash can do that. Lots of cash can do that. As many think tanks as you wish. But we have the founder, one of the founders of the Fabian Society, George Bernard Shaw, who talked about creating the Superman, you see, that humanity was simply imperfect, especially the masses. Uh, he was looking at the masses, mind you, that was coming out of an industrial era where they were literally stunted in growth because of malnourishment and tremendous hours of work, 16 hours a day. And, um, and to his mind, there seemed to be too many of them, just too many of them littering uh, the city uh, landscape. And he wanted rid of them, you see. So the best way to do it was to create a socialist society where uh, under the guise of socialism, and we're here to help you at the bottom, uh, you'd eventually allow these organizations, these health authorities and various other authorities, children's aid, etc., and medical authorities to come in and, and start ordering you about, and if necessary, sterilizing you. He wanted that right, uh, that a board would be set up decide who could mate and who could not mate and who should be sterilized. That was the beginning of the great Fabian society that was simply one arm, one arm of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, also called the Council on Foreign Relations. That's the organization that prime ministers and presidents, when something's happened, uh, that the public are getting a wind, wind off or they've done something wrong, the presidents and prime ministers must go and explain themselves to before they go and tell the public their lies. So the world is very, very different from the one that we, we think of. And understanding this, this all came out again from the, the Marxist period, the, 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 the term the masses. You're not people anymore, you're just the masses. You're either part of the elite or you're the masses, you see. In between, you have this, this white-coated expert area, but the rest are all just the masses, your numbers, and therefore you would get mass treatments for everything. And under every mass treatment, there will always be a certain amount of people who, who because they've got a different, slightly different physiology, a slightly different gene type, um, will have bad reactions to things like inoculations. They know this. They even know the quota, roughly, in advance, um, of who will come down with what who will come down with stuff immediately, who will come down with crippling diseases over the years. And another time to tell you, if, you, if that happens, it's because you've got bad genes. Not because we're all different, but no, you've got bad genes, you see. Nothing to do with, the, with the, the virus and so on. So we're really living in an age, as I say, where, where the experts rule us all. Aldo Huxley talked about it, and he said, well, and so did Julian, his brother, his jury was an utter fanatic. And these guys really knew what was going on because they, 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 they were part of the aristocracy. They talked in all the big think tanks that planned the future right down to the present and what's to come up. And as I say, they never changed their plans once they've made them. But he, but he said that, um, that uh, if there's going to be a, a, a dictatorship or even a plutocracy, he says, I'd rather be a scientific dictatorship. Well, that's what you're, you're under now, you see. I've been talking about the viruses 
and the fake flu uh, nonsense. And I mentioned, too, that in 2006, the World Health Organization uh, just talked about scary scenarios, that they could reinduce the public through fear and so on to, to accept uh, inoculations, uh, and mandatory ones especially. The first time, it'd be a piece of cake, basically, because that's how simply we're trained. We do it once, well, we go away with that one, so you give them another one next year, then 10 the next year. And that's, that's what they decided upon. And they're using, by the way, the, the terrorism bill uh, to, to push all this stuff through. The government of Maine has declared a state of emergency so that everyone must get vaccinations, for instance. Isn't that amazing? And the sheep go, ba ba ba. Back with more after these messages. through the matrix. A world run by experts and authorities, and even Lenin mentioned that eventually the West would have so many agencies, government agencies, uh, ruling over the public, interfering with their lives, that uh, they'd be stepping on each other's toes, so many of these different agencies, each, each vying for territory and more power, while we're at and beyond that stage now. But there's no doubt about it, there was a world already global and taken over an awful long time ago. It really started off in its embryonic stage at the United Nations. Before it was called that, it was called the League of Nations, but definitely during the United Nations, that's when every country that signed on literally signed away as sovereignty. And that all treaties uh, are superseded by UN treaties. UN treaties. To make the, so the UN was set up to be a world government. And it does have a department of everything that your federal government has. It has an equivalent one for every department federal governments. Huge, huge place. And it's all ready to take over the world, of course. It also means that it's in league with organizations. It controls organizations right down to local governors and representatives and schools. Everything goes through the United Nations, even UNESCO. UNESCO is part of it, again, and the World Health Organization. And I call it the Doctor Who, the WHO, they say. Here's an article from Dr. Mercola, his website, on the 3rd of September, 2009. It says, Doctor Who, I, should, I, should, I call it Doctor Who, admits to releasing pandemic virus into population via mock-up vaccines. The document on the Who website linked below states that it's common that vaccine pandemic virus procedure to release pandemic viruses into the population in order to get a jump ahead of the real pandemic so as to fast track the vaccine for when it's needed. In Europe, some manufacturers have conducted advanced studies using a so-called mock-up vaccine. The mock-up vaccines contain an active ingredient for, for an influenza virus that hasn't circulated recently in human populations and thus mimics the novelty of a pandemic virus. So if you wonder how these little Norwalk things break out and stuff like that, well you see they're being released and they take studies on these. You don't know they're taking studies but they have instant retrieval of all medical records everywhere across the Western world and you can tell how it's working. A 
according to the, U, to the, to the website at the World Health Organization, such advanced studies can greatly expedite regulatory approval. See, they're hand in glove. They get a lot of money from them by Big Pharma, too. And it's a lot of big pockets, deep pockets of the United Nations. It says here, on June 11th, the World Health Organization raised its swine flu pandemic alert from a phase five to a six. Phase six is the highest level alert and reflects the speed with which a virus is spreading, not its severity. Now remember, too, they also dropped, the World Health Organization dropped two or three of the criteria uh, that, would, that, that, that um, qualified it as a pandemic. So they dropped it to, to allow themselves to call it a pandemic. This classification also allows for a vaccine to qualify for a fast-track procedure for licensing and approval, and this process is now ongoing for the swine flu vaccine. What you may not know, however, is that WHO, together with health officials, regulatory authorities, and vaccine manufacturers, have been working since 2007. This is true. Long before this new threat of swine flu emerged, to explore a broad range of issues surrounding the regulatory approval of pandemic vaccines. According to the WHO website, ways were sought to shorten the time between the emergence of a pandemic virus and the availability of safe and effective vaccines. One such method used in Europe is to conduct advanced studies using a mock-up vaccine that contains an active ingredient, a live virus, from an influenza virus that has not circulated recently in human populations. When testing these mock-up vaccines, it's very possible to release the novel influenza virus into the population as its purpose is to mimic the novelty of a pandemic virus and greatly expedite regulatory approval. So remember that when you run into the toilet one day, you know, with these sudden 24-hour little deals that you get, that they're being released by the World Health Organization. And when you go to your, your doctor, well, that's going to be noted, etc., and that goes down as whatever... The favorite uh, type is that particular month. And that goes right to government and it goes to the World Health Organization. So they keep the stats on how it's working. Government officials have other tricks up their sleeves to ensure how these new barely tested vaccines make it to the market easily, as well as such as labeling the vaccine a strain change rather than an entirely new vaccine. That's so they can fast track it, you see, without testing it on the public. But the difference really is, is like... Uh, 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 a propeller airplane compared to uh, a jet fighter, you see. But as long as they both fly, you call them aircraft. So all these new vaccines will say, well, you see, it's a, it's a strain change rather than an entirely new vaccine. Since this method states the new vaccine has built on technology used to produce vaccines for seasonal influenza and the change for the pandemic vaccine is similar to a strain change used to produce a new seasonal vaccine each flu season. It says in the United States, vaccine manufacturers are required to submit fewer data if they already have a licensed flu vaccine and will use the same manufacturing process for the pandemic vaccine. Now, I give a link uh, for that 60 Minutes uh, video from the 70s. And we'll talk about that when we get back because um, the consent form was for a different vaccine than the one they actually gave the public. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Alan Watt, this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading from Dr. Mercola's website, says here, Would you want a fast-tracked vaccine injected into your body? By definition, fast-tracked vaccines are those that have received very little safety testing prior to being used. So anytime you agree to get one, you're essentially a guinea pig. Well, actually, they're taking away our ability to, to even consent anymore. You see, this is what all this is about today with this, uh, this trial. What's happening is a big trial to get us to agree to mandatory inoculations. Once you do it once, you see it's going to be commonplace of getting all kinds of inoculations. The 2006 um, meeting at the World Health Organization actually said that. Once you train the public through one big scary scenario and make it sort of mandatory or quasi-mandatory and you go along with it, you'll think nothing of going each time they're called in for another one another one and another one and they want to give you inoculations every year of your life and not just for the flu boosters for everything great business being as pharma isn't it so banking and pharma uh, the taxpayer will will pay you and reward you for looting them and big pharma uh, is guaranteed sales through what you think are your electric governments um, by passing laws that you must take them what a great business can you imagine if you were making shovels or spades or something and you've got the government to demand that everybody on the planet buy your spade. Yeah. We're a great business. Eh? You should call it fascism, corporate fascism. Fascism is in bed with government. That's the definition of fascism. But everybody's so ignorant today and all greened out as they come out of school. They haven't a clue of the past at all. Not a clue. Vaccine manufacturer Glasgow Smith Klein actually stated clinical trials will be limited due to the need to provide the vaccine to governments as quickly as possible. Additional studies will therefore be required and conducted after the vaccine is made available. That's after they've given it to you. And the World Health Organization likewise says time constraints mean that the clinical data at the time when pandemic vaccines are first administered will inevitably be limited. Further testing of safety and effectiveness will need to take place after administration of the vaccine has begun. Isn't that what we've been told this time? Isn't it? And when you go into the actual World Health Organization's site on this particular issue, and I'll, and I'll put the links up on my website at the end of the show, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It says here, and it goes through all that stuff. Influenza vaccines have been used for more than 60 years and have established records of safety in all age groups. See, anything that's negative is simply omitted, like deaths and strokes and uh, paraplegics and stuff like that. You know? While some serious adverse effects have been reported, these have been rare. Well, it was 4,000 odd ones, serious ones, uh, in the last 40 million that were given in the U.S. with the last swine flu. And that doesn't take in the many, many thousands that came down later in life because they don't all hit you at the same time with the effects, you see. Nonetheless, special safety issues will never arise during a pandemic when vaccine is administered on a massive scale. For example, adverse reactions too rare to show up even in a large clinical trial may become apparent when the very large numbers of people receive a pandemic vaccine. So, yeah, it's after the fact. Some adverse... I love how they word the word it. Some adverse events will be coincidental. That is, associated with in time with vaccine administration. 
yet not directly caused, not directly caused by the vaccination, maybe helped along. Yeah. Genuine adverse events directly caused by the vaccine may also occur. It cannot be predicted in advance. So they can't tell you in advance it's going to kill you or even help you, in fact. Given the safety record of seasonal vaccines, such events are expected to be rare. Well, where's the quotas? Where's, where's the stats on that? We have them, but they won't give you them out. Time constraints mean that clinical data at the time when pandemic vaccines are first administered will never be limited. Further testing, blah, 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 blah. They keep repeating themselves. For these reasons, the World Health Organization advises all countries administering pandemic vaccines to conduct intensive monitoring for safety and efficacy. How can you do intensive monitoring for safety when all the effects are after the shots are, are given? How is that safety? Call it safety. And many, now it says here, many countries have plans in place for doing so. On the positive side, mass vaccination campaigns can generate significant cash flow. That's my words there. I put cash flow in there because I couldn't help it because that's, they're all getting kickbacks. I hope you realize they're all getting kickbacks at the, at the World Health Organization. Safety data within a few weeks. International sharing of data from such post-marketing surveillance will be vital in guiding risk-benefit assessments and determining whether changes in vaccination policies are needed. And it does go down in this particular link. It does admit to putting out these um, mock viruses, which are real viruses of uh, an older strain of the flu, you see, then monitoring the public. This is from their own website. And they talk about shortening the time between the emergence of the pandemic and the availability of safe and effective vaccines. Then they contradict themselves, saying they can't predict it will be safe until we've all got it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, eh? Again, it's going back to the shovel and buying the spade, you know. Uh, you won't know if it will actually work and, and, until, until we've seen if it will break on the first dig. Maybe it will bend like rubber. Amazing, eh? But it actually says that, yep, they use pandemic uh, strains, basically, you know, milder strains, like older strains, and release them into the public and then monitor the effects on the unwitting, stupid public. World Health Organization, Doctor Who, the Time Lord. Hmm? Quite something. And then, again, this is quite intriguing, too. The Bangor Daily News, Governor Baldacci proclaims civil emergency due to H1N1. See, they use this emergency uh, laws that are passed in 9-11 for everything. Schools and healthcare providers are protected against liability claims related to vaccine clinics, it says. It says, Governor John Baldassi on Tuesday declared a statewide civil emergency because of the H1N1 influenza virus, paving the way for mass immunization of Maine school children and other residents. And other residents. That's like everyone. The emergency, the emergency designation protects schools and healthcare providers against liability claims related to their participation in school-based vaccine clinics this fall for both the seasonal flu and the H1N1 flu. Maine has been proactive. All this proactive stuff, they're all so proactive and cover so much effluence in its response to this fourth grader new flu, Baldassi said announcing the proclamation, but as the school year begins, we must continue our vigilance, which will require a responsible and aggressive, an aggressive vaccination and public education campaign. 
You know, understand that's what they, this is, they call it education. Making you take something and think their way uh, is, is called education, which is just indoctrination, isn't it? It's our goal that every person in the state has access to vaccines for the seasonal, for the seasonal and H1N1 flu. It says here, in accordance with recommendations from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Officials in Maine are encouraging public school to offer on-site immunization clinics for all children, including infants over six months and preschoolers as well as children who are homeschooled. <laughs> Participating schools will offer the seasonal influenza vaccine as soon as possible, and many will also offer the new H1N1 vaccine when it becomes available. I don't know if people realize they want to give you three altogether. Uh, see, the whole thing, again, in 2006, the World Health Organization said they want to, under any guise, get you to take the regular one, you see? As well. So this one is going to be the regular one plus this supposed uh, uh, H1N1, and you also get a, a booster containing incredible adjuvants that are supposed to help really boost these things into total effectiveness. And so I can guarantee you, uh, uh, if you die of anything, it won't be the flu. It'll be all, all this poison that pumped into you. So they're using emergency, even though there's nothing really happening in Maine at the moment. I wonder, I wonder how much cash these guys get in backhanders under the table for this. Utter corruption rules. Utter, utter corruption rules. Because believe you me, there will be a lot of cash slipped to the right people. And isn't it amazing that they've all exempted themselves for comeback on any side effects or deaths by simply writing laws, putting law, well, you can't sue us, and you can't sue our pals, Pharma. Hmm. So that's where the world is always is all going. And it's not going to stop. As I say, it's not going to stop there. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Worse and worse and worse. And now, I need a couple of callers here. I'll take them before I go on to the next article. There's John from Wisconsin there. Are you there, John? Hi, Alan. Yes. Um, you mentioned something yesterday about waking up being like, crossing over a mountain and seeing everything completely differently. Yeah. Uh, that's the way it has been for me. In fact, I, during the process, I began drinking heavily because I, my whole world outlook was changing so drastically. And the funny thing to me is um, the thing that scared me the most wasn't so much that there are people that are capable of doing these things and are doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that terrifies me right now is uh, having tried to wake up people and trying various ways. Um, just seeing how people literally do not think, and it uh, goes even beyond that. They can't form concepts. Yeah. It's like you said, I, I have made excuses for people, and it just horrifies me that they just, I don't know, I can't even put my finger on it. Well, well they don't want to know. That's just it. They don't want to know. Because they're, it's perfect indoctrination. It's, it's a perfect indoctrination. It's taking completely on them. And uh, most of them are goners. To be honest with you. 
you see where I'm coming from, Alan, though? It's hard for me to comprehend that this stuff works on people so well. It's Yes. Yeah, but that's, I that's can't like, believe that's it. Again, it's it's so uh, simple and stupid. It's yeah. amazing that, that works uh, on that, people. That's why uh, Brzezinski could say quite with confidence in his own book, Between Two Ages, that shortly the public, through techniques, he says, will be unable to think or reason for themselves. They will think that the media is there to do the reasoning for them. And before that, again, uh, Bertrand Russell said the same thing. He says, with scientific indoctrination, which he claimed was perfected by uh, the big think tanks and groups in Tavistock that he worked with in London back in the 1920s and 30s. It was already perfected back then. He said very few people will escape uh, their indoctrination. Could I ask you one more quick question, then? Yeah. That's something I've been dealing with a larger issue then is when you really understand this world and look at it more clearly, and believe me, I have a long more, a long more ways to go before I think I see things better, but uh, it seems to me that evil, for lack of a better word, is so easy to create and induce in this world, to control, Yeah. whereas good, it seems like, at least in my perception, it's a more difficult thing to enact on this world. Do you get my yeah. gist there? Oh, absolutely. Uh Again, it's, what is true, too, is that um, if you study, and then Plato studied this, I mean, he knew it, too, uh, domesticated animals. Domesticated animals will stay in what is familiar to them, the surroundings they are familiar, even if it's just a pen or a, or a, a fenced-off field. And even if the grazing gets low, they'll still stay in, in that area because the wildness has been taken out of them. Uh, through special breeding. Uh, the big boy's problem was how to do it uh, without making us breed specially, and they came up with the ideas of doing it in the food injections, and after Kessler says, well, I should attack their brain through biowarfare means by injections or putting something in the water or their food. Well, they've been doing all of that, plus the heavy indoctrination through schooling. Uh, so most folk don't have a chance to be honest with you, those who have woken up generally wake up to only one part of it and they can't go up the ladder because there's a, there's a different rung for every new part of it. As I say, it isn't until, you, until you've read so much and, and you've confirmed what you've read uh, and then you see, my God, there's one more step to go and that is we're beyond, way beyond national or getting, getting the flag back or whatever people think they're after. We're way beyond even getting rice back. Um, and we've got to also realize that, uh, yeah, they have been killing us off, and they have been sterilizing us all along, and that's why you have so many problems today in the Western world. One of the fastest-growing industries, apart from injections from pharma, is the sterility and fertility clinics. It's one of the fastest-growing industries because of the massive infertility problems of people living in the West. Uh, that's not by coincidence, it's by a long-term strategy of warfare on the public. Who are have, Obviously, you cannot tell your target if you're doing a covert war uh, because you would have in, incredible riots. But we're seeing that the end product of it, we're seeing that the effects of the obesity and the massive um, diabetes that's broken out because of the GMO foods and all the oils that they're, they're taking, etc., uh, the body can't handle them. But they know this at the top. They knew this would happen before the stuff was given to the public. And there's no doubt about it. We're, it isn't until you cross that, 
that, that or get up to that last point of the ladder and, and say they have been doing it, that, that you have again another incredible uh, life-shattering experience of, of realization, that eureka moment, and you're beyond all of the little social groups down below you fighting for different little parts that they want to hang on to. You, you get way beyond that. You realize, you realize this is a an all this is the most horrific planned. Uh, perfected war in history and it's a war against the population of the planet those who have not risen to the heights of incredible wealth intergenerationally and that that's what uh, the great economists that worked with Britain said there were two types those who made it and those who were the junk genes basically that's all the masses and this is the time to bring down the masses while we're still productive, mind you. And, um, and, and they plan it. They plan in drastically reducing the populations and training them. And if they have been trained, most of them, just to go get their shots and then come down with their crippling diseases because they want us, us now to die off faster. That's what they said. That's what Julian Huxley said, too. We're going to stop thinking about health care and thinking about death care stopping people from living so long at the bottom because they're basically useless eaters. These are the words, this is their own, these are their own words, and we're living through that. So when you realize, yeah, you're living in, an, in a planned hell, and since obviously you're not up at the top, you're one of those at the bottom, who a casualty, uh, whose life is just irrelevant to those who rule the world, scientifically, as they call it. I'm back with more after this break. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. As I say, this is the worst war, the biggest war that's ever been planned, long, long-term planning, and, and very insidious is done by stealth. And uh, they've pretty well destroyed that part of the brain that makes you you, as Mr. Kosler said himself, that they were trying to do with different chemical and viral means. That's what inoculations are designed to do. And you become domesticated once it's happened. That part of the, the brain is literally destroyed. And you're now a happy little socialist where experts deal with you and dictate policy and you obey. And uh, so if we're going to to Mark here, uh, mentioning Mark Bard, he's got time knocks here, I'll put the link up on my site. Infodemiology, public health at the granular level, it says here, epidemiology used to rely on aggregated data reports gathered from public health clinics and hospitals, VA hospitals and military bases, but with individuals so eagerly coughing up their intimate details to Google and Facebook, scrubbing health data, presuming that's what government scientists want to do, will be impractical, the feds will tell us. And he's got, uh, he's got the different methods that they hope to employ to collect the data, and you'll all be helping them without knowing it. Now, we'll go to Mark and see if you're there. You're there, Mark. I am, Alan. How are yes. you? I just managed to fit you in. Yeah. Hey, thanks for squeezing me in. I'm so grateful. And, boy, I think you are spot on with this business about the H1N1 shot. You know, so far, if you recall, in the mainstream media, we've heard that the swine flu is deadly to the already sick, Right then, we've heard it's deadly to the young and healthy. Yep. And today on NPR, I heard a guy, uh, uh, the president of the American College Health Association. These are the people who are going to do the mass vaccinations of college students this fall. 
for H1N1, he said that the virus cases have been mild. That is, you know, uh, no worse than a common cold. That's right. That's all these mock ones they've given us, you see. That's what they both I know. And, 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 and so I think you're absolutely right. I think the point of all of this is to see if they can get us out there for the shots. And this yeah. one, by the way, the H1N1, requires a booster. So we'll be making mm-hmm. two vi- if we're good, right? Yeah. We'll That's be making right. two visits. Is that what you think this is all about, just getting us conditioned? That's to... right out of the 2006 World Health Organization's annual meeting. They said that they'll, not, they'll get them used to not just taking a scary one, so they have to create a scary one, but also the regular one as well, and plus another sort of odd booster. But then they want to train us, it said at that meeting, that all adults will take uh, annual shots and boosters for the rest of their lives. That's what they want to do. That's what they've said from their own website. Well, Alan, thanks for making it plain as day. I appreciate it. But thanks for calling. You bet. Bye-bye. You take care. And that's how it is, folks. Uh, they put out these uh, little live viruses. They watch how it goes through the public. They mention it on the news, and it keeps us all conscious of something out there in the public. And then they monitor it all to see how it works, because it could eventually be a real pandemic. And, of course, there's always a danger, they say, that the ones that they put out in these mock ones, these more harmless, older flus might mutate into something more deadly. So they can play with this and, and all that, and that's okay, you see. We're being conned and trained again through terror and fear to comply with Big Brother. How much has changed since 9-11? There are children now who've never known what it was like before 9-11 growing up. And in 10 years, they'll be wearing the black outfits with the machine guns on the streets. And with the indoctrination I've had, you'll think it's all quite normal and you're so out of it, you're too antiquated to know better. Therefore, you'll do what you're told by the butt of the rifle. That's how it'll be very shortly, and that's not by chance either. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, I mean, keep these nations going. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.